Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Come on, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Somebody say this with me. To each one has been given the measure of faith. Now, I want you to understand something. Um, I want to deal with two scriptures here this morning, and you let me help prepare you. Um, the first one is in the book of Matthew, the um, 20th chapter. And the second place we're going to go to briefly is going to be in Luke chapter number 15. So uh, Matthew 20 and Luke 15, we'll get there. um, If time allows, we'll get to both of those. Otherwise, I'll just kind of accelerate what I was trying to share in that second uh, portion with the book of Luke, which many of us know exactly what that is. But I want to go ahead and first say this about, and by the way, did we not have a phenomenal time last weekend with Prophet David MacDonald? I mean, it was just amazing. And he sends his warmest regard. He's in Alaska now with his wife, Dee. So, and uh, this man of God over here, actually, they had, a, they had communicated. He was just in Alaska a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Prophet David and the pastor that he was with happened to know each other. I mean, like you can't make this stuff up. It's just really. Uh, so we'll see what happens even with that. I mean, there's a divine triangular thing here. You know what I mean? There's like a, a, a supernatural divine connection. But all right. So when, when salvation, somebody say when salvation, or, or rather say when I encountered salvation, the fullness of Christ came and resided on the inside of me. So in other words, when it comes to salvation, when Jesus came into your heart or you became born again, God didn't give a little bit more of Himself to you than He did to, to Paul over here. You know, He gave you, or He gave you a little bit more, Stephanie, He gave a little bit less to Paul. Are you with me? The fullness of Christ came and indwelt all of us, Right? So, so and, and, and along with that is God, the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, that He knows the plans that He has for us, plans to prosper us, and plans to give us a future. Jeremiah says that He knew us, uh, he, God speaking to Jeremiah as a prophet, he knew, that He knew Him before He was in His mother's womb. And that just is not a word just specifically only for Jeremiah, even though it was applied to him. God knew every one of you before time began. Come on, before you were in your mother's womb. And, and along with that, God gave you gifts, talents and abilities and special supernatural endowments, all these things that we live in this physical body while we have breath in our lungs. Come on, how many of you know this physical body in this lifetime is very temporary when we compare it to the eternal purposes of God? We're we're in an earth suit temporarily, come on, and then we will be delivered from it at some point or another. And God has, 
before, while He knew us before we were in our mother's womb, He created assignments for every one of us. Amen. And uh, those assignments are to be made manifest in this earth suit while we have oxygen in our lungs. And uh, <clears throat> so I'm saying that God has anointed each one of us. God is not a respecter of persons. God is not showing anybody any preferential treatment. He doesn't prefer you over the other. Although God has a wonderful way of making each and every one of us feel like we're the most important thing under the sun. Amen. He has a way of making you feel like you're the only one that exists in His eyes. You know, and I guess it's kind of like when you're in love and you have your spouse and you look into her eyes, everything fades away and you look and you behold the glory of what God has given you. Come on, in that, in that possession, in that, in, that, in that beautiful embodiment of your spouse, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favour from the Lord. And I'm excited. I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I'm saying this now, but you know, how many of you know that uh, in marriage, you know, sometimes you go through some stuff? All right. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging here. <laughs> now, what I'm saying is I'm talking about you go through trials together and you learn one another. And sometimes, you know, you have, you have times where it's wonderful and sometimes when it's just a little bit less wonderful. <laughs> Being very cautious here. But I say all of that to say this, you know, April and I now uh, have been going on to 17 years, 18 years almost, and uh, <clears throat> I better get it right, hallelujah. The point of the matter is, is that I'm actually, uh, in, you know, it's strange for me to say this, not that, that it's strange, but like uh, it's, I find myself actually really enjoying my marriage even more than I ever have. You know, it's like on into another realm. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. And uh, that's beautiful. You know, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. I mean, when I look back, I mean, here we are. I usually made the joke when I met April. Uh, I needed a green card, so I married her. <laughs> and then I got my green card and it ended up working out. So, I mean, praise God. <laughs> But that's not, the, that's not the point. God supernaturally, one day we'll have to come up on a Sunday morning and just talk about how God put us together. Um, supernaturally, it's the most supernatural story, really powerful. Um, in fact, one of uh, a preacher friend of ours that was present at the time that we were put together supernaturally actually wanted to write a book on, our, on, on how God put us together. But anyway, <laughs> I'm saying all of that because I'm laying a foundation here I want to talk about the laborers in the vineyard. The laborers in the vineyard in Matthew, in the or the vineyard. However, what the vineyard is the vineyard okay? Okay, in the vineyard, hallelujah. Uh, Matthew chapter number twenty. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard, and when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw the other standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right for you, I will give you. And so they went. And again, about the sixth and the ninth hour, he did the same thing. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found those standing around. And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one hired us. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, 
Call the labourers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last group first. And when those who were hired about the 11th hour came, each one received a denarius. Amen. Come on. In, 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 the, in verse two, it says, when he had agreed, when he, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into a vineyard. So there's agreement. They all agreed to a denarius. Amen. That's what they agreed to. All right. So then it comes here at the 11th hour when those he hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius, which is what they agreed to. Okay, and then it says here, when they received it, they grumbled at the landowner saying, these last men have worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the scorching heat of the day. Hallelujah. (laughs) But he answered and said to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Uh, Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go, but I wish to give this last man the same as you. And what is that to you? Is it not lawful lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or or is your eye envious because I'm generous? So the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Come on, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Last, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So I want to bring this to our attention this morning and because we have to be prepared and we have to understand that we obviously have a, a, a way and, a, and, a, and a, I, would, I don't want to call it a system or a filtering process, if you will. And, and we build relationship with people and we get to lock arms with people and we get to know people. And that's why, you know, for people to come up and take the mic and be able to share the prophetic word of the Lord, that kind of stuff comes through. It's not for the bystander and for those that, you know, just kind of poke their noses out every once in a while and say, hey, how are you? It's, it's for those, the Bible says, you know, when we, when we begin to see the evidence of faithfulness, we look at that and then we go, okay, you know, the Lord, now, now there's faithfulness, all right, so we're watching the faithfulness happening and, and in the middle of that faithfulness, no attitude because we know, we know some people are anointed, we know some people are gifted. The problem is, is a lot of the time people wanna come through the door and they wanna come with their gifts and their talents, but there's no faithfulness, there's no character and there's no integrity attached to it. So it's a gift, but it hasn't been, but it's a gift in, in in a fleshly body with a fleshly body that has not been crucified, right? And then that gift becomes a problem and instead of being constructive, or building, it becomes deconstructive and divisive, okay? So bear in mind, remember, just because the fullness of Christ came into you when you got saved, the fullness of, of who you are, the anointing that He's called and placed upon your life was there. The only difference is, is that the more you renew your mind to the reality of what God did for you, the more you begin to tap into what's on the inside of you already by getting your mind renewed to the reality of what He did for you at the cross of Calvary. Amen. That's the bottom line. So we're all at various degrees of revelation of what's on the inside of That's why we're so big on talking about who you are in that identity and what He paid for so that your faith can be 
stirred up to realize, hey, everything I am and what I am right now, this is not all there is. There's so much more. I cannot settle for this. Life has tried to put me in a box, blah, 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 you know, as we carry on. And you begin to have a faith that comes up on the inside of you that, that the Lion of Judah begins to roar up from you to take you out of that place of maybe generational thinking or cycles of being one way. Whatever that looks like, God wants to pull you out of that. That's why we're so big about identity. And we will never stop preaching that. Amen? All right, so I I say all of that to say this. So so everybody walks in it now. now, and, and, And this here is really a revelation of salvation, by the way. Because you could have been in the way, glory to God, for 30 years or 40 years. I shouldn't say that because I'm, you know, <laughs> it's been 25 years, actually more than that for me since, since 1996. And I mean, of course, I was born into a, a home where my mom and dad were preachers of the gospel. So I was serving the Lord, but, but that personal that personal decision became real to me in 1996. I was serving the Lord. Uh, I gave my life to the Lord from a very young age. And then there was a time where I was rebellious. But then, you know, it's kind of like just because, uh, well, uh, just because you know, your, your parents preach the gospel doesn't make you saved. Are you with me? So I had to come to that crossroad myself. And it's been many, many years. But from that 30th of June, 1996, the fullness of Christ came to dwell on the inside of me. Many of you that had a radical conversion, many of you have had that, or many of you will remember the day Jesus came and visited you. Everything about your life changed. But when that took place, the fullness of Christ came into you. And then, and then, you know, then depending on what circles you were in, you know, you either, you either were taken and you were <laughs> living in continued freedom or the, the institution made you religious and then you got all starchy and, you know, uh, you, know you, you became, you know, I'm not saying you as you, when I say you, the editorial you, that's the general you. And then we become, you know, so theologically big-headed, God's not coming back for a church full of knowledge in their head. He's coming back for a people who know their God and that comes through communion and relationship with God. Hallelujah. I know where I'm going. Just making sure I'm just testing the temperature in the room this morning. I'm not going to take much time because I want to get my point across here this morning. So we come in and the fullness of Christ. Now, Paul, who is a brand new, well, brand new, yeah, I would still deem him as brand new. He still smells like that clean leather that comes out of a brand new car. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, he, he is a brand new believer. And, and uh, there's been a faith, there's been eternity in his heart since he was born, but God brought that out of his life 
brought him and he came, when he heard the gospel, he said yes, the proclamation of the gospel. Eternity was reaching out and when he heard the gospel, he responded and radically converted. I mean, within the first two weeks, he was baptized in a bathtub. Then he was filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And there is an acceleration. But the same fullness of Christ that came into him is the same fullness of Christ that came into you and me. No matter how many years ago that took place. Now remember, Jesus is the one here going out into the vineyard looking for people. Saying, what are you doing? Well, then why don't you go to work? And he came to certain people and he all put them to work. Now that religious devil, the spirit of religion will look at you and say, look at others and say, well, well, he's only been here for one year. What about me? Come on. Come on. That's exactly how it works. And, and, and so you're comparing yourself like you have greater wages than the one that came in for one year. And what's the problem? Are you, are you upset because the fullness of Christ came into that believer who is actually taking that word and running with it versus you who has got the same measure? Got the same measure. And the 11th hour represents really the, the hour of the church. See, I'm talking prophetically here is that this is over time. We are in the 11th hour and that anointing that is coming upon those in these accelerated times, it's like they're gonna get saved and boom, the supernatural power of God. There's gonna be an acceleration in their walk with the Lord. How come they are functioning in all of that? It is the acceleration of God. Same measure to everybody. It's just it's the 11th hour, so it's going to be compressed. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I mean, there is a brand new gen, and that doesn't have to, this is not about young and old. This is talking about those coming into the kingdom. Are you with me? And then there are those that, that through relationship and as we build relationship, God says, okay, put them, throw them out into the deep end. Start preparing them. Give them this word. Tell them to start getting ready. I look at Andrew here. 2024 is a great year for Andrew. And as I'm saying, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because God's going to give you the ability. Next year, you're going to start speaking. Aren't you doing the next breakfast? Yeah? Okay. <clears throat> and woman of God in this house. The point of the matter is we make room for people. I'm not, I, I, my, as you know, a father's desire is always that his children exceed him. Right? Are you with me? A parent's desire is that their children far excel above and beyond what they could do. So there's no spirit of intimidation. I'm okay in my skin. I know who I am. Amen? I know what I'm capable of. We've got to release people to be who God's called them to be. Amen? So the point of the matter is, so we're building relationship. And then there's other people that, that will come through. 
And you have to give us the room to understand, look, we love you. We're connected with you. We're starting to push you forward and and we're building that relationship with you. And then there's others. I'm just telling you in advance what God is coming. We're speaking about acceleration. There are people that are gonna be coming here that we're just gonna know by the Spirit who they are and they're gonna come on the bed of a good reputation of integrity. Are you with me? And we're going to be able to say, okay, they want to come in and throw their weight into the vision. All right, come on, be, go right ahead. Let's do it. Amen? But we've got to guard our hearts so that we don't allow, uh, 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 or, or, uh, allow things or we don't allow leaven to come in. We spoke about leaven last week. We cannot allow any leaven to come in. And the way that you don't allow leaven to come in is understanding your identity. That's why, again, we're huge on identity because you understand, number one, your first, your biggest a place of uh, your, your biggest grace and confidence in who you are comes from understanding that you are a son first. You, you are a son. That is far more important. The biggest title, the title of honour that we get to carry is the title of son and daughter. Amen. Apostle, pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, that is just function. It's not identity. You are a son. Your identity is a son. My dad didn't love me because I was, a, of course he loved the fact that I was a preacher, but he didn't prefer me over my other brothers because I preached. He didn't, he didn't love them on their function. He loved them on the basis of them being sons. You are loved by God as a son and a daughter, not because of what you have on offer, not because of your identity. And that is where the army of the Lord becomes unified because we understand there are sons coming through the door and that we should have a heart that is saying, we need, the the work is too great. What is coming before us is too great. We need all the sons in the house and we need to make room for as many, as much help. Come on, it says, pray to the Lord of the heart not for the harvest, the harvest is right. He said, bring that so that more laborers can be in the field. And if we are focused on our eye, our function as our identity, we're gonna have a problem. That's when the problem comes. Don't you recognize me? No, we recognize you as a son and daughter of God. And the function is what you get to offer the king. Amen. And when you become comfortable with that, then nothing irritates you. Because your security isn't based on that. Amen. All right. I'm almost done here. Let's go quickly to the book of Luke. Now, you, you will obviously have a test. Of course, we all get tested. That doesn't mean that you're not sitting there sometimes going, well, you know, obviously, come on, how many of you? I mean, I know, sometimes you can have a bad attitude about stuff. It's not to say that you're not going to have a bad attitude, but it's what you do with that attitude. You've got to bring that thing into self-control. You've got to not allow that thing to rule the roost in your life because it will become a problem. 
And if you don't, you've got to, exactly, you've got to kill that problem before you start making your problem everybody else's problem. And then that's when you start putting your leaven to everybody else. When people start having problems that don't normally have problems, what did they let into their heart? Who, who told you a bunch of, you were fun? Who came and polluted your brain? Hallelujah. All right. I know you're more excited than that than I am. All right. Luke chapter 15. How many of you know the story about the prodigal son? All right. Let's go. I'm not focusing on the prodigal son. Yeah, I want to talk about the, 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 the other son. <laughs> the other dude. All right. Let's talk about the other dude here just for a minute. Uh, let's go from verse 25. It says here now, the other dude. His oldest son was in the field and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing and he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. What's going on around here? Why all this commotion? You know, come on. Think about that now. He's getting all religious here. And he said, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. Come on, he was all irritated. Come on, he allowed leaven into his heart. He became angry. Instead of, instead of having a good attitude, hey, my brother's come home. Religion, the religious devil got a hold of his heart. Are you with me? And was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, Look, for so many years I have been serving you. And I have never neglected a command of yours. And yet you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate it with my friends. Look at my function and everything that I functioned in for you. He's telling him, look at me. His identity is not the fact that he's a son to his father. His identity is based on his offerings and his function. He's saying, look at all my function. Look at all my functioning that I functioned for you. Come on. And now this guy comes, he's taken his inheritance, squandered it. Now he comes back and you break out the fatted calf, you put on a robe and you put a ring on his finger. Oh, come on somebody. But when his son, with this son of yours came and has devoured your wealth with prostitutes and Kill the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. We're celebrating him because he's come back into the fold. Everything that I have though has been yours. In other words, there has been, I don't know how many calves out there. You could have for all I cared. And of course he did care, but the point of the matter is, his attitude towards his son is you could have killed a calf any time. You could have celebrated any time. You could have had a party every day of your life. Why? Because everything of mine is yours. You've had it all along. You see, he couldn't tap into the, that inheritance or those, those possessions. 
positions because he was too wrapped up in his function instead of his identity. A son knows what belongs to him and has the confidence to be able to walk in, take the calf, celebrate because he knows who he is. She knows who she is. So I prophesy to you. I'm prophesying to you that coming into 2024, we're going in the fullness of salvation. Everybody's been paid their denarius. No matter when you walk through that door, you're all getting paid a denarius when you walk through that door. The fullness of Christ, you are all sons and daughters. And I'm telling you, get ready for what's coming around the corner for us here. And I'm trying to get us adjusted because I feel by the Holy Ghost, God is sending us men of great credibility. God is sending us women of great stature and credibility. And it's okay. Guess what? There's some things that I don't need to, that I don't fully have the capacity to manifest administratively, that's fine. We need somebody that's better than me. We need different areas in this ministry where they can do better things than I'm equipped to do. I know who I'm a big picture guy. Are you with me? I see the big picture, but we need those officers to step into place. Sons and daughters that have functions and whatever. But the point of the matter is, is that we've got to keep our hearts right before the Lord as this begins to unveil and Unfold, I'm telling you, we're going to see some supernatural things. Come on. Somebody says it's going to be good. And the way forward is that, I mean, here's the deal. Here's the one deal. I don't have a lot of criteria. I don't put law and legalism on people. I, I don't do all of that. The only thing that irritates me, there's very few things that, well, number one, religion irritates me the most. I mean, you, you, you know that. We don't tolerate the spirit of religion. But the second thing that irritates me, which is probably connected with religion too, the second thing that irritates me is arrogance and pride. which means we need to be free from religion. And number two, we need to hum consistently, I wouldn't say humble ourselves, rather, I'd rather say this, we need to maintain the spirit of humility. I, I, you know, part of my part of my thing is is that when 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 I travel around the nations and whatever, and God opens doors, and I'm preaching in different places and whatever, especially with people that are there for the very first time, I don't go, uh, you know, I don't try to show everybody how anointed I am. I'm going to sit and have a conversation with you like a normal person, just be down to earth. Just, I mean, because I'm postured in this place of. I am who I am by the grace of God. I'm a human being like anybody else. 
And I have this calling that God's put in my life. And I don't have to flaunt it. Like, you know, I've got to go around and you sit. Because I know what it's like to be around other people. And they're very, you know, very demonstrative. And then I get up and that anointing for what I'm called to do comes on me. And then they come to me and they go, whoa. It's like, you know, how many of you ever been to a movie uh, and, and you went to a movie and you, you, you know, you enjoy, but you enjoyed it more than what you thought. I mean, it, del- it over-delivered. I mean, it delivered. How many of you ever come out of the movie and go, man, that was better than what I thought? You know? And when you come in with the spirit of humility, the anointing will deliver more than what they think. Amen? Amen. That's where you can shine in boldness. Not arrogance, you shine with that Holy Ghost boldness. That you don't think more highly of yourself than what you need to. That you walk humble. I'm telling you, you will have great success in life, in your business, in your workplace, if you will just walk in humility. And in the ministry, no doubt. Amen? Praise God. And I'm glad that this thought and this principle is deeply rooted inside of me. And I'm very glad about that because I will not give anybody else permission to behave that way. There's no room for that. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. I know you're really excited about that word right now. Come on. And that is why we will see the kingdom of God flourish. Amen? And are we going to see some of that stuff? Yes, because we've got to make room for mistakes. And there's people that just need it just every once in a while. And we don't do that publicly. We take them to the side and we give them a candle. You know, we just take the whip out and we whip them when nobody can see it. Come on. Come on. No, I mean, you do everything in love. Very, very seldomly in all the years of ministry have I had to publicly rebuke somebody. It's probably happened three times. But you've got to understand the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And even when that happened publicly, it was done in the spirit of love and meekness. Right. Amen? Amen. Amen? Just to be able to say, hey, get off your high horses. You are anointed of God. You are. But just walk in a little bit more humility, please. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Somebody say this with the last shall be first and the first shall be, shall be last. So the point that I'm getting at here this morning, guard your heart because what God is wanting to, God is wanting to propel you into some great things in 2024. And if your heart is not positioned and postured in the right place, You are your own worst enemy. You are delaying that process yourself. It's not worth it to hang on to some of that leaven. Like I said the other day, and this is my closing point here. I said the other day, you know, if it was the apocalypse and all hell was breaking loose, what we do and how we function and what we communicate will change drastically because only the things that matter the most will be, of, will be most important. Right. How much of the leaven that we've allowed in actually really matters. 
It's insignificant. It's pettiness. It's all these little things that the enemy uses, the small foxes. Yea, verily, don't you know, it's the small foxes, the small foxes that destroy the vine. Mm -hmm. The enemy just needs one little crack to bring in some leaven. Amen? Amen. Come on, say this, 2024. 2024. I'm leaven-free. Come on. Hashtag leaven-free, hashtag living-free. Put the two together, leaven free, hallelujah. Come on up, we're going to end here. Brother Jeff's coming up, anointed man of God. He's got something serious to say. He's got that beard shaven today. And he's got a Bible. See, look how humble he is. Look how, this is humble. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wanted to, I was telling, I don't think the gentleman's here the other day that, uh, Whew. that leaven that the doctor, whatever his title was, spoke about over the weekend. Well, about three months ago, uh, I've been trying to get a new position at work for about three years, and we've talked about that, and uh, so I wouldn't have to travel. Well, about two months ago, I, I was... I said, Lord, if this is the time for me to come out of the desert, then open that opportunity up. If it's time for me to get back active in, 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 in your ministry, open the opportunity. Well, I guess it was last week, last Thursday, uh, the vice president of our company called called me in, and him and my boss gave me a position at home. So how many years have you been out on the field? Well, it's 10 years. 10 years, but I mean, yeah. it's a while. Yeah, but I was going to tell you, yeah, 10 years, and for three years I've been trying to get out of the field. But what I was going to tell you, and what I told I think his name is John. He usually sits over here. Not John. What's the guy's name? That, Kirk? Nah. Gabe? No, Dwayne, Dwayne, that's him. Well, he told my wife a while back, he said, tell your husband to apply. So, but what I was going to say was, what resonated with me, with what the, the gentleman was saying the weekend was the, about the leaven. Man, would I have done some damage if I'd have stayed in the capacity I was. Right? Because when you're harboring hurt, bitterness, pain, that's what you're going to give out. So you have to allow that healing to take place. And I, I want to say this, and I, I also told him whenever I felt like the opportunity, I was going to say it. This place has been a major part of that healing. It's been a long, we've been in the church 32 years, 33 years, in different capacities, lay ministers, full-time pastors, been all over, like Mark, all over the country, seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
But what I see here and what's spoken here and even this morning is the pure gospel. It's to strengthen, it's to build up, it's to enhance the kingdom. And I want to say this. For me and Jennifer, Avon and Mark are our pastors. And we're here for you guys to support you, to bless you, help you, whatever you need, and you guys too. But I wanted to share one thing out of the Bible, and we can make this official. This is a King James Version, so (laughs) over here. And I think I had told uh, Derek this one time, a a friend of mine, it, it uh, a mentor, I guess you could say, told me one time, he said, you know, at some point, you got to quit being the son and be a father. Yeah, and, and so if you look here, it, it, I think you were in Matthew 20, right? If you look over here, and I think this goes along with what you were saying. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, we'll go to 2026. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your, be your minister. And whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and gave his life. At some point, I think everybody in here is pretty mature as far as Christianity goes. At some point, you have to understand that you're put in place to minister to people, not to be ministered to. But the problem is, like Mark says, the religious, the church, has corralled you. And not released you. That's the other thing I appreciate that's going on here is the... the, the, approval and the blessing to share with people and to function in the ministry you're to function in. There's a great series by a guy named Ray Hughes. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, but it's called War Horses. And he teaches about when you corral horses up together, they'll start nipping at each other, biting at each other, kicking at each other. And why do they do that? because they were supposed to be for a purpose. And if you look at the mirror image of the church, where does most of the stuff start? Where does it begin? The backbiting, the nitpicking, because no one's released. They're corralled up, not released, not blessed, not given the authority and the okay to function in what they need to function in. Amen. And, and so I'm, I'm not going to say anything else, but we appreciate Mark and April, what they've brought here to Louisiana, and it's our responsibility as a body to pray and to cover them just as they do for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Love you, Jeff. You know, that's a great, phenomenal conclusion. Um, 
I want to tell you something just before we leave. You know, we have other stories in this church and other fruit in this church. And I called Jeff part of that fruit. Um, Jen was coming to the church and, you know, she got more and more involved. And Jeff, who's open about his heart and some of the stuff that he's experienced, was going through stuff from the past and whatever. But the point that I'm trying to bring is, you know, I probably, what, like every three months maybe or so, we'd get together for a coffee outside of the church. You know, not one time, not one single time when we used to get together, did I ever say, Jeff, hey, you need to come to church. You need to come. It was never, because the Lord said to me, don't even talk to him about church. Just sit and have coffee and listen and listen with sincerity and be genuine and just, and I just felt like I'm just there to sit and love. And my ultimate goal was never so that if I do this enough time, Jeff's gonna come to church. It was never like that. It was up to the Holy Spirit to work on our hearts or whoever's heart. And then when they're ready, they're ready. You know what I mean? But for me to see and watch the fruit, to see that's a, that is a powerful story. And that's why I get so irritated because if we cause people to get into an offence that are outside isolated because we wound and offend people over our insecurities, deal with your insecurities, deal with that kind of stuff, deal with your flesh because we don't wanna hurt people and wound people. We're there to lift them up and build them, amen? But anyway, so the point of the matter is, I just wanna say I'm super blessed and nothing could be better than hearing that because to see, to see the relationship and where it's come to now, I'm beyond blessed. And I know the best is yet to come. So I appreciate you guys so much. And, and Jen, Jen, when she came, I'm just giving, picking on them because he spoke. Uh, Jen started coming and we had no, there was no requirements from us. We weren't measuring Jen and whatever. And my wife said, I just really feel like we need to have a Monday night prayer meeting. And I really feel like Jen needs to be the one that just hosts the prayer meeting on a Monday night. And it was simultaneously when she said yes to that, that stuff started to shift for her too. I mean, there was a, you know, there was a greater attachment to, to, to the, you know, God came and breathed on that. And so each one has got a story here. You, know, you look at Paul, you look at Andrew to even where he, I can go on and on here in this house alone with what God has done. There's room for everybody. Say, there's room for me. There is room for you. So I'm excited. All right, we're not in your labour. We're actually on record time, 12.30 here this morning. We're not gonna, we're gonna keep it at that record time frame. So in the name of Jesus, for those of you watching by way of live stream, thank you for tuning in with us. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. For those of you here, go and enjoy time with your family. Love them. Recharge. Get ready for 2024. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Have a blessed, blessed Sunday. And if there's anything you need, don't hesitate to let us know. We love you. God bless you. In Jesus' name, you are released. Go, go into the highways and the byways. Amen.